Destiny Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing from Pastor Eric Hansen, Senior Leader of Destiny Church. This message continues in our series entitled Walk the Talk. This week, Pastor Eric discusses how to weather the storms of life using teachings from Jesus. Following the message, take a look at the episode description to see scripture references as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. You know, it's interesting to preach on a Sunday morning because some of you don't want to be here and some of you, yeah, really, you know, it's not like, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's just really interesting. Um, some of you are like really sad because some horrible things happened to you this past week. Some of you are, are mad. You're mad at me. You're mad at the church. Uh, you're mad at the world. You're mad at your spouse. Uh, you know, it's just really interesting, and um, uh, some of you really want to be here. Some of you just like totally in it to win it. I get that. That's awesome. Water baptisms is the way to go uh, for that type of thing. Communion earlier, uh, Miles did such a wonderful job uh, with communion. I encourage you to come out for that, you know. So it's a challenge um, to prepare a word that is going to be broad enough to hit everybody. I liken it unto shooting a shotgun versus a rifle, right? So my, my, my aim is broad and to nick as many of you as possible, uh, um, though some of you may think I'm purposely making eye contact with you and this is specifically for you. I, I make a point never to do that. I don't ever preach a word at anybody and uh, use the pulpit for that. So if today is pointed for you, uh, I like to say if it steps on your toes, probably they were sticking out. That's, that's not. So uh, I do believe that this series that we're in right now, which is Walk the Talk, is, uh, gosh, it's just, I, I really enjoying it because it really, it forces you to take stock of Jesus' actions and whether that's, you know, the nice warm hug of forgiveness which was last week, or the week before that, which was a little whip and flip. Uh, it all is the counsel of God. And so here we are uh, in, in the next adventure of weathering life's storms. And if you are in a storm right now, as we sang during worship today, uh, know this. Hey, welcome back, Rose. Good to see you. Rose has been on vacation for like forever, so it's good to see you again. Praise the Lord. Brian Cook hurt his ankle. God's healing you up real quick, I hope. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. And so storms of life, you know. Uh, the thing about living in Florida, you get like three weeks notice for a hurricane. In Illinois, you get 30 seconds before the, hurt, before the tornado hits, right? It's, it's, it's different. And when you walk your, your faith, there are storms that come to you that uh, you weren't anticipating. Some of them come well in advance, like uh, um, a hurricane. Oh, you know, your, your wedding date. I don't mean to make that a negative, a, a negative association. But then some things happen. I mean, when your baby's born two months early. I mean, you didn't even get a duck and cover alarm. It was just like... She goes, I'm going into labor. I'm having a baby right now. I'm like, wow. So, you know, storms come. And, 
And whether you're in it right now, you say, well, I'm not in a storm right now. Well, just wait, yeah. right? This, this, is, this is a great phrase for you to incorporate into your spiritual walk because if you're, if you're in a storm right now, just wait. If you're not in a storm, just wait. <laughs> and uh, Jesus talked a lot about storms, about our lives, the courage that we're going to need, the sacrifice that it's going to take, uh, trusting God, because these days are, these days, let me tell you, these days are only gonna get uh, better. And by that, I mean giving you opportunity to exercise your faith. Mountains are not there to crush you. Mountains are there for, to make you stronger. And you'll, you'll get around it, you'll get under it, you'll go over it, um, and God will be with you in the middle of the storm. And so trusting God, he, he spoke a lot about that. Willingness to step out into the unknown, to be people of faith. He constantly, Jesus constantly gave us encouragement not to avoid hardships, but to embrace them. I mean, listen, this is not your, this is not your Tony Evans positive thinking guru speech. I'm telling you, instead of no heartaches, no difficulties, I'm telling you, Jesus talked about embracing your heartaches, embracing the difficulties, not trying to avoid them, but just going through them, but with him. Because you're gonna have to go through them. There's no escaping the storm. Whether it's on you right now or it's around the corner or you don't even know, but it's just about there. He says, you gotta face your fears. You gotta trust him, especially when times get rough. Matthew 7, 20, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move, and it will move, for nothing is impossible with you. Matthew 28, 20, surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. Mark 5, 36, I love it. Don't be afraid. Maybe that's just for you today. Maybe you don't hear anything else I tell you today, but you need to write down Mark 5, 36. Don't be afraid. But it's a storm. I get it. I get it, but it doesn't change what he said. Don't be afraid in the storm. John 14, 1. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In John 16, 33, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble. That's what it says. Jesus said that. In this world, it's gonna be peachy keen, pushing up, it's gonna be, um, yes, it is going to be that, but you know what? If the blessing's in the valley, I said, if the blessing is in the valley, do you wanna get out of the valley or do you wanna walk through the valley? Even if it's the valley of the shadow of death, you will what? Fear nothing. In the valley, in the hard place, in the difficult place, when the seas get rough. So picture this. Jesus has now fed 5,000 people on the shore of the Galilee. And the very next thing, it says in Matthew 14, 22, immediately after that, Jesus made his disciples, hey guys, get in the boat, go on ahead of me to the other side while I dismiss the crowd. In other words, get out of here, scram. So after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray, all by himself. When evening came, he was there all alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. 
Now, those of you that are gonna be going to Israel next year, uh, you're gonna get this firsthand, but I'll tell you what, there is no place you can't see what's going on in that lake. Granted, it's 13 miles long. It's eight miles across. It's 150 feet deep. It sits in a bowl, this, this lake does, the Sea of Galilee, which is a lake. And no matter where you are, you're up higher than the water level and uh, you're able to see all the way across it on a clear day. So Jesus was, and the way the wind whips down there, it can be ferocious. And this is the situation at hand. During the fourth, uh, uh, verse 25, during the fourth watch, which is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., in the night, so we know it was dark, so it's probably closer to 3 a.m., Jesus went out to them and he was walking on the lake. He was walking on the Sea of Galilee. When the disciples saw this walking, saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. They said, and they cried out in what? Fear. Fear. They enunciated what was going on in their heart. We're scared. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, guys. Don't fret. It's me. Don't be afraid. Lord, Peter said, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus said what? I love that. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. I mean, it's a pretty good sized boat, right? We're not like stepping over the side of a canoe. So you're in a good sized boat. You got 12 guys in that boat. And the boats of that day, which um, you can look up and see, they're pretty good size. So he had, to, he had to somehow get down over the edge of that boat. And he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Love it. But, verse 30. But, when he saw the wind, he didn't see the wind, he saw the effects of the wind. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. So I don't know if it just went over his high tops or was up to his knees he was starting to touch his tunic. I don't know how far down, but he didn't get all the way down. It's important to note, he was just beginning to sink. He cried out. It means he shrieked, he screamed. Those are synonyms in the Greek. He, sh he screamed, he shouted out, which it wasn't like, oh goodness, I'm sinking. Right? Right? What would, be the, what, would be the, the, what would be the way to describe how he did it? I think desperation would probably be a, a good word to attach to that. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, over here, I'm sinking. No, he said, hey, 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 I'm sinking. Save me. So he yelled, Lord, save me. I love the next word of verse 31. It's happened already three or four times in this in this story, because this is how Jesus works. Immediately, straightway, direct, and at once. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, said, you have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And that's where the story ends. No? Uh-uh. Let's look, one more verse. And when they, ooh, wait a second, they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Do you get the picture? He began to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. The Lord said, gotcha. And then they walked together on the water, together 
on the water all the way back to the boat. And they got back in the boat together, and then the storm quieted down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. What happened in the story? Peter's been hanging out with Jesus quite a while. You saw the feeding of 5,000 a couple hours before. Now in the middle of the night, Jesus shows up. What has happened here is that Peter had heard all of Jesus' teaching and decided to put it to the test. That's, this, is what we're, this is what we're dealing with here. This is walking the talk. Okay, that's a lot of words, Jesus. You've told us a lot about taking heart and not having, not having doubt and stepping out and going forward and not being afraid. I'm gonna put it to the test. So he stepped out. The chronology of events that often unfold in our lives when the storm comes, when we step out in faith is just like this. Peter stepped out. You stepped out in what? A new job. You started tithing. You started being generous or you made that big purchase. You started a ministry, maybe a connect group. Maybe you had kids. You took a risk. You began walking in faith toward that thing that Jesus called you to. It wasn't, it wasn't a whim. Jesus actually told you, yes, go for it. Come on, let's do it. He faced his fear. I mean, he saw the waves and the winds. What was that? In your life and mine, it's oftentimes lack. You start to do it, then all of a sudden, you don't have the resources, you don't have the stuff to do it, or fear sets in, or embarrassment sets in, or fear of man sets in. You feel as though you're inadequate. But you know that God called you to do this, but now the wind and the waves start to happen. But you don't mind that. You got a little success. Things started out, well, I don't know what Peter was thinking when he first stepped over the edge of the boat. Like, man, like, no problem, right? So we got this. Jesus said, come, look at me. Hey, boys, look at me. Peter probably turned back and looked at the other ones and kind of gave them the neener, neener, neener thing, <laughs> right? Hey, I got this, I got this. Don't sometimes we just think we're big shots when we step out with Jesus sometimes? <laughs> And Jesus has a way of humbling us sometimes, yeah? And so, what happened? A little bit of success, but then it started to falter. He started to sink. And the wheels fall off your dream, or the wheels fall off that thing. He said, I'm gonna go for that. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, it's gonna be a risk, honey. We're gonna try. We're gonna go for it. Or even in yourself, you're like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try it. And then all of a sudden, it just it begins to pressure you and bring bring upon you a level of stress and strife. You go, oh no, oh no, no, no. And so the storm begins, started to sink. And fear gets larger than your faith. Put them on, put them on, the, the, put them on the justice scales, you know what I'm talking about? And then all of a sudden, fear starts getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And what you're doing by the way, is when you, when you begin to take your attention and you focus it there and it becomes heavier. Do you know that you go to where you look, right? Isn't that what we teach kids when they throw a ball 
or when they try to hit a, hit a ball with a bat. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're not a sports person, just drive down the interstate and look at the semi next to you. What happens? Your, your car just naturally wants to go under those wheels. Like, ah, I don't want to do that. Because you go where you look. And so you take, your, you take this fear and it becomes larger to you. And you exchange faith. Well, in fact, fear is the inverse of faith. It's actually believing. But now you're not believing for what God has promised. You're believing for the negative. So fear is faith. You're just believing for the negative, not the positive. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is what began to happen. Peter began to fail. Maybe in your life, you started believing the negative. But what happened was he called on Jesus. He said, Lord, comma, save me. Save me, Lord, completely. Take care of me. Um, now, this is a great story. And it's more than a parable. You need to understand, this is a real story. Okay? So, in, in physics, when you have a fulcrum, you know, like a teeter-totter, that thing in the middle that the board goes across that makes it go like this, or, the, or um, uh, when you pivot, when you pivot from one way to another, uh, a famous Friends episode, right? Pivot, pivot. Where are we going to pivot? Um, the, the, the image that comes to mind for me uh, generally is the hinge on a door. It's that thing that allows you, watch, it's that thing that allows, you don't have to, it's that thing that allows you to be from this side to that side. Nobody forces you in this, but this is the pivot moment. This is the fulcrum of the story. Without this, we just have a man drowned. Without this, your dream dies. It was a God-given dream, and God told you to do it. I said, God said, come, and you went. And in every one of those steps of faith that you take, listen to me. The storm will come, and that dream will die or live based on what you do with that moment with that fulcrum, with that swivel, with that hinge moment, Peter said, okay, Lord, save me. I like that. Immediately, immediately Jesus grabbed him, caught him by the scruff of the neck. And when you're drowning, you don't care how they grab you. They can't get us by the hair, though. It's like a, it's like a parent. It's like a parent in the pool and, and the toddler, the young child is on the side of the pool. What are you saying? Come on. Do it. Jump. Jump. I got you. And then, like, they're doubting whether or not you're going to catch them. Like, nah, <laughs> look at you drown. Hilarious. Stupid. No, that's not what God says to us. What does God do? He says, come on, I got you. You see these nail-scarred hands? Come on, I got you. So you come over the side of the boat. You start to do what God told you to do. You step out in faith. And then, you know, pressures and worries and home and sickness and disease and money and children and marriage and government and blah, 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 blah. And you start 
focusing on those things rather than God is good. I will, I bless the Lord. I well, thy loving kindness is better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. The shall, you're, you're singing with me. Oh, nice. You want to come sing with me? I will lift up my hands. I mean, these old time, these old time scripture songs, you know, they come back to memory. Because when you're having a hard time, and if you begin to f- listen, you focus on the hard time, guess what? That's like the devil tying weights around your ankles. You're going down, down or down or down. Eat an onion raw and just go on down. You're going down. Some of you got it. It's all right. Some of you don't know. It's okay. Ask your, ask your neighbor later. So Jesus grabbed him, caught him like a parent on the edge of the pool. Then what happened? The situation calmed down. And they both, I love it, they both walked back to safety. For you and me, I think it happens more than we care to admit. For example, the salvation experience, this is, this is universal. And, and again, there may be some of you here today that aren't saved, they don't love Jesus, and you're just here because mom drug you or dad or the spouse or whatever. P- please come along for the ride because at the end you're gonna have a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. But for those of us that have walked this walk, we can all, we can all turn and point to that salvation experience when the skies grew dark and the winds picked up and the waves started to crash and the storm arrives and there was lots of fear, but then you see Jesus. This is what Peter was. He's in the boat of life. You were sailing down. You were on the lake of life, and maybe, maybe you were just doing great. You were doing awesome, and you had all kinds of money, and you had houses and cars and fame and fortune and all of that, and you still turn to Jesus. Fantastic. But a lot of times, God has to get you to a place. He goes, do I have your attention yet? Right? And if you're strong-willed and you're, you're irritably, no, and you, I'm gonna die here, I'm gonna do it. God says, okay, we can drain some more water out of this barrel if you want until you get to the bottom of the barrel, right? Where the dregs, that scum from the top of the barrel now is all down at the bottom. Nobody wants that. You get there and God says, okay, now do I, yes. And so the storm is coming. So then, like the disciples in the boat, in the middle of this storm, metaphorically, they look out and they see Jesus, like you did when you gave your life to the Lord. You go, oh, there is hope. There is the way. There is the truth. There is the life. Nobody's gonna get saved out of this unless we go to Jesus. So I'm jumping out of my, whatever circumstance that was in, your drug addiction, your alcoholism, your greed, your pride, the list goes on and on and on and on and on those things that bound you, that were only gonna take you to the bottom of the lake, 150 feet down, said, okay, I don't know that I can walk on water, but I'm gonna give it a try. Why? Because he said, come on. You really don't know, you really don't know if you can walk on water until you step out of the boat. Nobody knows what salvation is until they step out of the boat and they get saved. You read about it, you say, okay, I understand that. Intellectually, I have an understanding. Yes, I realize that Jesus died for my sins, et cetera, et cetera. And if I confess and I believe, then I will be saved. That's all, that's all great. That's all book learning. But not until, you, not until you, in your spirit realm, step over that line and you, and you step on that which you didn't think was there before, just a minute before, and it holds your weight. That's the moment you got saved. 
Because if, if I could think, if I could reason you, please, smart people, if I could reason you into the kingdom, just do this, just do this, I'll reason you in. I'll use my intellect. And I'll reason you in. I'll, I'll answer every question that you have. I'll explain to you, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll reason you in. What happens then, somebody smarter than me comes along and reasons you out of the kingdom because it's all you and it's between your ears and you figured it out. There comes a point where you have to say, I don't get it, but he said, come, I'm getting out of the boat. I'm getting out of this lifestyle. I'm not gonna be like this anymore with his help. There is nothing you can do to walk on water other than believe the word that he tells you, which is come. He didn't have little, he didn't have, you know, those little, what do you call those? Little, I don't know what those things are where they behind a jet ski now where you strap them on your feet and you fly around and, and or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Those things where you just like seem to me like, or walk, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that image. I have this image where God says, come on, let's go. And so, okay. And maybe the pain of remaining the same you interpret as, is going to be less than the pain of, maybe losing some relationship or whatever's gonna, go, whatever's gonna happen in your life when you give your life to See, God doesn't require any of that prior. Once you step out onto the water, there's new requirements. And God says, okay, what about this in your life? That's gonna sink you. If you hang on to that, that's gonna sink you. That's gonna drag you down and you're gonna begin to sink. So regardless of whatever it is in your life, watch this, when in your salvation experience, you step out, you begin to walk. No matter what, it, and the, the, the storm is coming, and if it's not already there, you're gonna to begin to sink for whatever reason, not if, but when. And what you do in that moment today, well, you know, I'll, I'll cry out, I'll call on him tomorrow. Well, tomorrow might be too late. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow might be too late. You could die. I'm not trying to scare you into the kingdom. I do not scare people into the kingdom. I do talk reality though. And the reality is you don't have a tomorrow. You don't have it tomorrow. Take it from a young couple that just had a, a baby born. Boom, just like that. People that have experienced death just in the last week or so. Just happens. To all, all of us, unless we live to see the rapture, we're all going by the grave. And I don't know how often you think about that, but it could be t before you get home. You're woofing on that Big Mac. Oh. <laughs> Elizabeth! It's the big one. <laughs> Come unto me. Here's what happens. When that storm arrives, this is what you need to hear. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Some of you think you're not weary enough and some think it's not that big a burden. How would it be if you weren't weary and you weren't burdened? What would that be like? What if you had no weariness and you weren't burdened at all? Well, you don't know, I got, I got this burden, I gotta carry this burden. You don't have to carry that burden, give it to the Lord. If you're weary and burdened, come to me, I'll give you the rest. I'll give you a rest. You don't have to carry that. Oh, it's my family and my kids and my in-laws and my outlaws and the, and the money and the... And let me tell you, some people, oh my gosh. Some people love the tempest storm. 
You ever know those people? They're like Pigpen from the TV cartoon uh, Peanuts. Just a dust bowl of crazy around them all the time. And they get anywhere near you and that dust just kind of, that, that, that tempest, like, man, I, 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 have to, I have to draw some boundaries because I'm gonna let the vortex, I'm not gonna let the, I'm not the tornado of your crazy upset this, my rest. I got enough opportunity for burden in my life. I have enough opportunity for weariness in my life. I can't walk out your weariness and your burden. That's your, and so what you do, well, I need to help them. You are not Jesus. You are not the savior. So what you do is you turn them and point them towards Jesus. That's how you deal with people like that. You cannot save them. You cannot fix them. You cannot help them any more than you can help yourself walk on water. Right? Otherwise, I'd be having a let's walk on water class after church today, and y'all can come watch me do it, and I'll help you. But what happens is I drown while I'm holding your feet up. You want to get unburdened? You don't want to be, turn those people over to Jesus and tell them, hey, listen, Jesus will take that for you. Jesus will calm that for you. And unfortunately, the majority of them will reject that because they love the, 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 the crazy that goes on around them. They feel, they feel I don't know how they feel, but they, they, they must feel like energized by it or something. Can't have it. Can't have it in my life. You got to have this, rest. I will give you rest the protocol has never changed, right? The SOP, the standard operating procedure. You know, you go at work and they say, what's the, what's the best practice for this thing? How is it that we, what do we do, Cheryl, when this person goes, she, she's a cancer nurse, and so all of a sudden they start to have some kind of reaction, whatever. She loves doing this, by the way. Every day she gets to do it, it's a, it's a, it's a stellar day for her. And that's when she grabs an EpiPen and jams it into somebody's thigh. She goes, I got to Epi somebody today. <laughs> She loves it. She loves that. That's the SOP. That's the standard operating procedure. That's the protocol. Somebody starts to go out because whatever's going on with their chemo treatment and, and so on and so forth. So we all have standard practices, standard operating procedures for things in our life when things go wrong. And it's never changed here. The teaching has never changed. The wording has never changed. When life's storm comes, there should only be one response. Why? Because any other response you give is you-centered. So what should the response be? Lord, save me. Not, hey, pastor, what do you think I should do? Hey, mom, what do you think I should do? Hey, listen, there's wisdom and abundance of counsel, but at the end of the day, when the storm, not if, when it comes to your life, drop to your knees, saved person of God, and before you run your mouth about somebody or curse your mountain or you, 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 you create havoc for other people to deal with, drop to your knees and say those three words, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Because I'm, I'm speaking from experience because sometimes, sometimes our initial reaction is to work harder. I need to work harder at that. I need to do better. I need to work harder. Work, working harder is not always the best way to get freedom. Ask the fly that continually runs into the patio door. 
if I just fly harder, where do you find him two days later? Dead on the sill of the window. He doesn't die back there. He dies right there, working harder. You just got to surrender. You want victory? This is the oxymoron. This is the oxymoron of Christianity. This is the, it's counterintuitive. It's the, what's the word I'm looking for, Ryan? It's the, it's the paradox. It's the paradox of Christianity. It's a paradox. An oxymoron, something well, like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> jumbo shrimp, what? It's a little thing, but it's jumbo, jumbo shrimp. It seems it's the paradox that when I surrender, watch, when I surrender, I actually have victory. When are you your strongest? When you're on your knees saying, Lord, save me. My external strength comes from my internal persuasion of my, internal, of my eternal destination with Christ that's only strengthened when I spend time with him. And the more you spend time with him, the stronger your inner man becomes because the waves and the wind, oh, you'll never conquer the waves and the wind. Have you ever stood in the ocean and had a wave catch you at an angle or on your back when you were unexpected? I've seen it with my wife. We were, we were at the beach. I'll tell a quick story. I know I'm long, but that's okay. So we're at the beach and we were sitting up on the edge of the beach, like way up on the edge. And we're just laughing at these people. They must have been so drunk or something. They can't even stand up in the ocean. They get hit and they roll down and they roll up and they roll sideways. They're laughing. I'm like, that's stupid people. So we go down. We're down like half an hour later. I said, come on, let's walk. She does not like doing this, but I convinced her to. And we said, come on, let's walk. And all of a sudden a wave hits her, man. She goes down. I just back up and she's rolling. She's rolling up. And then the wave takes her down. She rolls up, and then she goes down. Then she loses her top. I was out, man. I just got slain a spirit. I just, because I was, I was, hilarity, hilarious. Let me tell you, that's how we look. Look at me. Look up here. That makes sense. That's how you look when you try to fight the storms in your own strength. That's what happens to you when you want to say, I got to come. No, you don't have it. Drop to your knees. Lord, save me. Have courage. Trust in God. Step out in faith. Embrace your challenges. Face your fears. Have faith. Yeah, that's all true. In all circumstances, especially when it comes to life's tough storms, when you run out of money, when your health takes a turn, when the mountain gets a lot bigger, when the kids start causing you pain, the job is shaky, the boss is a jerk, when you get laid off, you get sued, the divorce papers arrive, the court date approaches. I mean, those are storms. Those are real life storms. I'm not talking metaphorically here. I'm talking about your life when your husband dies, when your kids have problems, when it gets really, really, really serious. Those are storms. I'm just gonna try harder and I'm gonna do better and I'm gonna, I'm gonna face those ways myself. Good luck. Good luck with that. Take it from somebody who's walked with the Lord for 30 plus years. Good luck with that. 
Here's the voice of experience. Your best reaction is not to get worked up, but to drop to your knees and say, Lord, gotta have you here. Well, that thing they promised, it fell through. Okay, well, it's okay. Gotcha, you got me. You did not tell, watch, you did not tell me to jump off the side of the pool just to watch me drown. You didn't say, come, come, just to say, <laughs> stupid Peter, I knew you wouldn't make it. That's not how Jesus works. So no, I want you to do what I've called you to do. It may not be the way you thought it would happen, but guess what? It's gonna happen. How? When you realize you can't walk on water by your own intelligence and your own smarts and your own connections and all the other stuff that, that the world tells you you need to do to be successful. I'm telling you as a preacher of the gospel, the most important thing you can ever do is utter those three words. Like him or not, FDR led us through World War II in the early 30s. He said this, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. I think he had, I, had, I think he was in, in the throes of that when he made that statement. The middle of World War II. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Oh, we can do this. It's our blueprint for Christian conduct when life storms come. It's not a parable. It's a real life story. Your trial, your heartache, your tribulation, the hurricanes and the tornadoes of your life they come. What should you do? Fear not. Fear not. Don't worry. I know, worry wants to creep in. And some of you have a habit of worrying. It's your habit, like smoking or just consider it an, a habit. It's something that you, the chewing your fingernails is automatic. Uh, or whatever. You gotta say, no, this thing that I do called worrying, I'm not gonna do that anymore. From now on, when the, when, the, when the wave comes, when the wind comes, I'm gonna drop to my knees. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say a simple three-word, Lord, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And I'll tell you what, that will change your perspective. Why? Because now you're not looking on the scale that's going fear, fear, fear. You're going faith, faith, faith. Persecution, doubters, personal doubts, internal struggles. These are storms that happen not externally. Because you know you can create your own storm. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, just me? Okay, Eric, you know those times you create your own storm? <laughs> doubts, struggles, temptation. Then temptation on top of temptation. Then personal weaknesses. Then sin. Then besetting sins. Then you got other pressures, cultural pressures, societal pressures, governmental pressures, persecution, family relationships, and then, of course, spiritual war. The enemy wants nothing more than to walk up to you and put a couple 10-pound weights on your ankles. You're not gonna swim very far with 20 extra pounds around your ankles. Just not gonna happen. What are those? That's fear. That's those circumstances. So what should I do? Where's the pivot point? What's the swivel point? What's the hinge? Those three words. You drop to your knees, Lord, save me. It's what every child cries when their circumstances get out of control. They cry for dad. They cry for mom. Help me, help me. It's like, what, what, what? what? Oh, yeah, a little bit. And I thought you were, I thought you were drowned. Well, it's, it's, it's horrible. No, 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 no. There's a ladybug on my hand. You know, it's like, What? No, you're, you're his child, 1 John 1, 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become 
children of God. And when you're a child of God, you get to say, Daddy, save me. Lord, save me. So if you're in a storm, what I tell you? Wait. If you're not in a storm, just wait. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you don't even know Jesus. You're in the boat of life and the storms are coming and, and, but you hear the word. You hear the word of the Lord. He's saying, come on, you can do this. Wait a second, I just heard a whole sermon about how I'm gonna start to sink. Yeah, that's how we do. This is how we Christians operate. We, we just continually call on the name of the Lord that he would completely sozo us, completely save us from head to toe. Our families, our kids, our grandkids, our aunts and uncles, our in-laws, the storm. Come to Jesus this morning and say those three words. Lord, save me. And the next word in scripture will be emblazoned in your mind. It'll be a spiritual tattoo. The words, the word immediately. Immediately he stretched forth his hand grabbed Peter. If you want to give your life to the Lord this morning, that's how you do it. You say, Lord, save me. I'm going to walk with you. When the wind comes, the waves come, I'm going to do my best not to get distracted. When the storm comes and the wave hits me at a bad angle, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm not going to get distracted. But if and when I do, I'm going to remember this hinge, that pivot point, that fulcrum of faith that says, yes, yes, Lord, save me. That's our standard operating procedure. For those of you that walked with the Lord for some time, you know what I've said is true. So it's a, it's a, it's a point of encouragement and conviction for me too, for all of us. That when the storm comes, we don't get worried. We say, let faith arise. Let my enemies be scattered. The Lord is a warrior and he fights for me. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. No weapon formed against me will ever prosper. And if you don't have those words in your arsenal, you need to get them because otherwise you will see the scales of faith weaken and fear take over your life. Let today be the day, October 1st, 2023, that you say, I'm turning the tide in my life. This is the day the Lord has made and I'll rejoice in it no matter how tall the mountain, no matter how fierce the storm, I will never, I will never surrender always love you Jesus to the best of my ability and when I fail then your grace kicks in because <laughs> you can't do it by yourself so father take us as frail as we are as imperfect as we are as broken as we are and wrap us up in your arms of grace we ask that you'd forgive us for our doubts and our fears. And Lord, that you would strengthen us today by your word. And with that prayer, to simply once again come in our lives. Let us start again. Then he takes you by the hand and he walks with you. He walks with you.
So now may the peace of God that passes our understanding, that peace, may it guard your heart, guard your mind, your spirit, protect you, give you health, strength, peace, provision for the storm that is at hand. And may he walk with you always. And when the darkness creeps in and the waves begin to roll, just drop to your knees once again and say, Lord, save me. May that blessing be upon your life in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more information about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.